The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Heart Health is a local call-in health show designed to educate and inform you of the most up-to-date information for not only maintaining a healthy heart, but a healthy body. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. And I'm going to slow the number down. 919, of course, these days you have to type it into your phone, wherever you live. And then 860-9783. I'm Dave Alexander. I've been more or less the voice of radio here. Igor, I call myself because Igor, because I am the uh, I'm, I am the guy who does the some of the research and the digging around here. But the vo- other voice you hear is Dr. Franklin Weefald of Millennia Cardiovascular. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing very well today. Very well. We're having a, a slight microphone issue, uh, and I don't know why that is. You. No, actually, it's you. That's the sad part, uh, that it's not actually working. So what we're going to do is have you move to the other microphone over there, uh, grab what paper you need, and we'll do this wherever we need to do it. Uh, Dr. Franklin Weefald is willing and able to take your phone calls. Am I good now? Is he good now? Oddly enough, no. Uh-oh. And and all of the buttons that say microphone on are turned on. So what we're going to do is take a break. And having taken the break... We will experiment with the microphones off the air because experimenting with the microphones on the air is no fun. It, it, and no matter how we do this, it's going to be no fun for the next two minutes for me anyway. But we're going to get this fixed. Uh, telephone number again is 919-860-9783. If worst comes to worst, Dr. Weefald will have Dr. Weefald call in because we know we can put somebody on the radio on the phone. 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health. Now back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefold on AM680 WPTF. Well, welcome to Heart Health. I'm Dave Alexander. Sometimes call myself Igor because I do some of the research and digging, as Igor did, uh, for the good doctor who is uh, Dr. Franklin Weefold. Hello, sir. Well, I think it works now. Yeah, it always does. It, it, you know, this happens. Second try. I was, you know, I can't tell you the number of times I'd be getting ready to put a pacemaker in, and the no. machine wouldn't work. No. So things happen. Yeah. Probably my do. fault. I was fooling around with the wires before we started. Don't so. fool around with the wires. You're not qualified here. Well, I figured if, in I, this could, building, if I can put a wire into somebody's heart. That's right. I can fool around with the wires here. You hear that all the time from people who are like mechanics, right? Oh, I cut my leg. I, I need somebody to, hey, if I can work on a Chevy, I but can take know, care of this. But you know what? What? The diagnostics that yeah. car mechanics, yeah. you know, those those tools. Yeah. Think yes. about it. You know, somebody comes to me and they say, my chest hurts and yes. it's like this. Well, what does the car mechanic do? He wa- You walk in, you say, my car's making a funny noise. Yeah. And he says, when does it happen? Are there any associated things going on? And then he diagnoses your car. Seriously, the only difference is, the yes. only difference is when my engine dies, that's not a good thing. <laughs> it's not a good thing. It's right. not a good thing. Exactly. But I, tell, I have lots of mechanics in my practice. Yeah. And they're very smart people. I, I didn't and mean to indicate whole, anything it's, else. It, it's algorithmic 
diagnostics. Right. And it's what we do. Sure it is. And what the mechanics do. Yeah. It's awesome. Except that you almost never report, it's a sensor, and it'll be $300. Uh, you almost never say that to a patient. But you know what is interesting? What? People don't want to pay their doctor bills. Yeah. But they'll shell out $2,000 for new brakes and a heartbeat. Absolutely. And you say, you know, well, why is that? <laughs> it's my car, doctor. Yeah. I can't live without a car. All right. Telephone number 919-860-9783. There are things that Dr. Weefault can and cannot do. He's not going to diagnose you on the radio, but I think he'll give you some information. That's what we're trying to do. That you can go to your doctor with. Educate, entertain. Very good. All right. We're here to do great radio and chew gum. We're all out of gum. So here we go. There's a f- story I read. Four-in-one pill solves all cardiovascular problems. Well, you, They've done a study that just one pill, and it's, it's good. Yeah, it, a lot of my patients complain that they take four medicines. Yeah. I take an aspirin. Uh-huh. I take a cholesterol pill. Yep. I take a beta blocker, which is like, you know, metoprolol to slow your heart down and keep okay. it from being stressed. And then I take what's called an ACE inhibitor for blood pressure. That's a medicine that not only helps your blood pressure, but protects your kidneys and prevents heart failure. Uh-huh. So for a long time, they've been talking about this thing called a poly pill. Poly means, you know, want a cracker instead of a pill. No, it means many. No, but the poly pill means there are more than one medicine in this one pill. Yeah. And so they tested it. And what they decided to do is, well, suppose there's a group of people who can't get to a doctor regularly. Yeah. What if we just give them a pill with a, you know, a usual dose of aspirin, a cholesterol pill, a beta blocker, an ACE inhibitor, four in one. Sure. And they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to Iran. And, And this is actually interesting. Because the Iranians were working with the UK or British people, and they said, we need to know because we can't get all of our people appropriate health care. Sure. So they took they took 3,000, no, 6,000 people, get, flipped the coin, gave 3,000 a placebo, what we used to call a sugar pill, mm-hmm. and then they gave 3,000 or so people, randomly, this poly pill. And then they, five years later, they went back and said, how you doing? 35% less heart attack, stroke, and death yeah. in the people who just got the poly pill. And the interesting thing is that if I start a medicine, I bring them back and I check their blood pressure and their pulse rate and make yeah. sure the pills have worked. Uh-uh. They just gave them the pill and said, see me in five years. You did. You talked about a story in Africa where they gave a strong antibiotic right. to people just and they they didn't have an infection. Right. They just gave them this strong antibiotic every six months or so. Yeah. And I think it was was it malaria or something else? They they just found that people lived longer. They did. They did. If you're not and gonna so have doctors there. The interesting thing about this story is yeah. not only that these medicines combined work, yeah, but that you can just give it and you know, forget it. Mm-hmm. it what is that uh, Ronco? The rotisserie, fix it and forget it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can give it to them and forget it and bring them back. Now, they didn't say how many people had complications. And I I suppose there were some who stopped them because anytime you take a medicine, especially these beta blockers, you could have a slow heart rate. You can have all sorts of other complications, fatigue. ACE inhibitors, you know, very rarely you can become allergic. There's something called angioedema where your tongue swells. So I don't know. But- I do know the results were very, very impressive. 35% 
fewer heart attacks, strokes, and deaths in the people who just got it. Now, does that mean it's applicable here? I, I don't know. Because it could be that people get such good health care here, and despite what you hear from certain candidates for president, uh-huh. we have a wonderful health care system, the yeah. best in the world. Yeah. And um, I think that it might be that the polypill randomly wouldn't do as much because we were already doing well. But right, right. we could develop a polypill with different dosages. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'd have the same dose of aspirin. Everyone gets 81 milligrams. But we always, you know, treat the, the beta blocker dose according to how the patient is doing. Right. And we treat the ACE inhibitor dose. And we also, with, you know, with a statin, um, there is about a one in a thousand chance of having a major side effect. Mm-hmm. So we check their liver. And I, you know, I can tell you right now, I can count on my right hand um, how many people I've had to stop it mm-hmm. because of liver problems. Now, everybody complains of, of muscle aches. Um, not everybody, but a lot of people do. And I think a lot of that's psychogenic. Mm-hmm. They listen to the people's pharmacy and the people's pharmacy tell them it's going to happen and it happened. Or Ani Sue or Billie Jean. Right. So... I think the polypill idea is a good one, though, because it'll it'll enhance compliance. Because you know, you, I got people taking medicines three times a day. Yep. Pop a pill at bedtime. Yep. That's probably the best thing. You know why? Hmm. Because you wouldn't have as much side effects. You'd be asleep. Okay. I take I give a lot of medicines for that reason at bedtime. So I think the research for industrialized nations is going to be very interesting, mm-hmm. and I think that. It, a placebo trial would be unethical because people with heart disease, it are, it's already been shown right. that these medicines work. I think what they'd have to do is take a group of people, treat them, quote unquote, normally, mm-hmm. and then another group of people and treat them with the polypill in various formulations and see if they do the same. Right. Because that's the only thing that we could do ethically here. You can't do a placebo trial in somebody where you know that giving a placebo is not as good right. as giving him one of the medicines that's in the polypill. Right. So I'm very excited about this because so many patients can't stand or can't remember yeah. to take so many pills a day. So the lesson from this is yes. um, you can, in large groups of people, give people powerful medicines and walk away, mm-hmm. and five years later they're doing better. So. The other lesson is it may not be applicable to our country, and why? Because we have such good health care anyway that most of the people who need these medicines are getting them. The only question is, can we put them all together in one pill? Connie from Liberty has joined us. 919-860-9783 is the number that she dialed. Hi, Connie. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you're not a he- you know, if you were a he, huh, Connie, I would have just insulted you. Yeah, but we're you. supposed to give gender so neutral. Anyway. Connie, how can we help you today? Well, my husband is taking Zeralto. Okay. He does see a hot heart doctor regularly, but I am concerned about the Zeralto because of all the advertisements about stroke and about the things it does. Sure. My husband is in good health except a little bit of extra weight. Um, but it's more or less taking that Zeralto. Is there an alternative that he could suggest? Yeah, let me, can I ask a question about him? Does he have atrial fibrillation? Is that why they're giving it to him? In a regular heartbeat? 
Connie, do you remember what yes. the diagnosis yes. was? Irregular heartbeat? It's a regular heartbeat. Yeah. Yes. Okay, let me... Yeah, this is a very good question. Xarelto is a medicine that was developed to prevent blood clots. And they did, uh-huh. kind of, they did a real big study, okay? And uh-huh. the study showed that if you took Xarelto versus nothing in this study, that the people who took Xarelto had a markedly lower risk of having a stroke. So the strokes from these irregular heartbeats called atrial fibrillation, they, they're caused because when the top part of the heart, the atria, starts to flutter and doesn't beat in a normal fashion, the blood pools and it can clot. The clots get pumped out to the brain. The brain loses blood flow, and mm-hmm. you can't speak and can't move your arm. So it's a terrible thing. Now, what happened in with Xarelto is that it generated a lot of money because it's a high-dollar drug, as they say in Smithfield. Mm-hmm. So the companies had a deep pocket. Yeah. Now, can you have bleeding with Xarelto? Yes. I mean, it can be pretty bad if you've got an ulcer in your stomach or if you hit your head on the concrete, you're on a, a medicine, I don't like to call it a blood thinner because it doesn't thin your blood out, it doesn't make it runny, yeah. it just makes it clot less frequently. It'll still clot, but not as quickly. So when people had these bleeds, they wanted to blame someone. And so yeah. the study also showed that there were fewer bleeding, fewer episodes of bleeding on Xarelto than the tried and true anticoagulant, which is warfarin. Now, Connie, have you heard of warfarin, the rat poison? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what they used to treat everybody with, and there are some people too. It's rat poison. Yeah, I understand. They take the medicine in high doses, and the rats eat it, and they bleed to death. Okay, that's how warfarin works. Yes. So they did a study and compared warfarin treated correctly, and the problem with warfarin is you've got to measure how much warfarin's in your system. The nice thing about Xarelto is you fix it and forget it. You just give them the pill, yeah. and the studies show that it works. You don't have to draw blood on it. Warfarin caused more bleeding than Xarelto did. So what happened is that the lawyers got on TV and said, if you bled from Xarelto, call me. We'll get you some money. Yeah. The problem is they did get him some money. Uh, yeah. Now, why did they get him money? Not because Xarelto was bad, but because the financial guys for the company that makes Xarelto said... If we fight these lawsuits, we're going to spend more money than if we just settle the lawsuit. So people thought Xarelto is a bad thing. Now, I think Xarelto is a very good medicine. It's the kind of medicine, however, that you've got to work with your doctor with. He or she has to describe what the possible complications can be. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you, Connie, that the studies have shown if you take 10,000 people like your husband, who I'm thinking has AFib, but I'm not diagnosing him because I don't see him. If you take 10,000 people like that and you give them Xarelto, you're going to have fewer people with a debilitating stroke. You're going to have fewer people than warfarin, which is Mm -hmm. what they would have been treated with if they didn't have Mm Xarelto. Fewer people with bleeding into the brain, bleeding in their guts. So don't worry about taking the medicine, Connie, because if he if he does have atrial fibrillation, he needs either warfarin or a medicine like Xarelto. Now, there's Eliquis, there's Pradaxa, which works in a slightly different way. The way these medicines work is they block a clotting factor named clotting factor 10, mm-hmm. and they prevent it from clotting as frequently. So, Connie, I would say this. 
Um, don't be so worried um, and don't believe everything you hear on TV, especially when they come on at nighttime, yeah. when people are listening. And uh, let me tell you a, b- a sad thing. I had a patient who had really bad AFib. He'd already had a stroke before and he just didn't want to take the rat poison warfarin. So I had him on Eloquus. He saw the commercial. Yeah. Didn't call me, yeah. but he saw the commercial and I said, know. my God, he's killing me. Yeah. Because the lawyers were saying, if you're taking Eliquis and if you've had a bleed, call me, you can get money. And he stopped taking it. And a week later, had a stroke and died. Yeah. Now, he can't sue the lawyer no. because there's freedom of speech. Well, you and he's say, already passed away. Well, not only that, but, right. but his family couldn't sure. sue the lawyer. Sure. Okay. So what I would do is you go with your husband. Because I like it when wives go with patients. Husbands lie. Wives tell the truth. And sit down and talk to your yeah, sit down and talk to your doctor about your concerns. They're well, real I concerns. Have, I yeah. have went with my husband to the doctor before and I really like his heart doctor. He has a new heart doctor at Duke. Um, they're good guys. I trained at Duke. And they're and they're really good. It's just I guess I've done. I've been doing a lot of research because I have some things going on with myself. Uh-huh. And when I see all of that, which is the Ralto and the cost, yeah. but now that we've worked the cost deal out and he's got that under control, you know, he's still taking the Zeralto. Yeah. And I just. Yeah, I, I think your concerns. There's a lot of people his age have yeah. strokes, and there's a lot of people. Yeah. You know. I I, I understand. I, I think your concerns are real. Uh, they're my concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be very concerned myself taking Xarelto. Mm-hmm. But knowing what I know, it's sa- if you have atrial fibrillation, it is much safer to take it than not to take it. We call this risk-benefit analysis. The risk of Xarelto is you could bleed. You can bleed from your colon. You can mm-hmm. bleed uh, in your brain. You can bleed in your brain if you fall down. But you weigh that against the risk of not taking it. And, Connie, have you ever seen somebody with a stroke? It's devastating. Yes, sir. I actually work yeah. in the healthcare industry so, for years. So what I'm okay. saying is, yes, there are concerns taking Xarelto, like any medicine. Yeah. But the risk of not taking it is outweighed by the benefit of taking it. And you have to take it under the strict supervision of a physician. I mean, he should be aware if he sees black, tarry-looking stools, if he sees bright red blood, I mean, then if he has really abnormal, he's going to bruise. But if he has like huge bruises and lumps, then he has to go see his doctor. Yeah, well, he's doing he's doing really good. Good. I wish I wish I had a wife like you who was concerned about my health like you are. Hmm. Well, I I love my husband. We've been married thirty nine years. How long you been married? Thirty nine years. Thirty nine. Yeah. Wow. Do you still hold hands? Oh, yes. We still hold hands, and he rubs my back in the grocery store. Isn't that sweet? That's nice. Yes. Did he carry you across the threshold when you, on your of wedding course. night? <laughs> no wonder he needs a relto. <laughs> <laughs> Connie, right. Connie, let me just say, and I don't want to offend anybody, but you, are, you fit into a pattern that we've noticed with women and men and health care. You put your husband's healthcare question about ahead of yours. You've got other things going on, right? Connie, call us about your health care issues too. Okay? 
I think we lost her. I think we lost her. That's Goodbye, in, Connie. It's in the in the rain. Thank you, Connie. I'm so glad you that so glad good, you called it. Connie you know, and Liberty. Can you believe it? Liberty. They they hold hands. Of course they do. I love it. That's that's I, all right. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. I still kiss my wife when we're leaving each other in the big Walmart. Because we don't know whether we're going to see each other oh, that that's day. that's true. Right? You just say, yeah. well, okay, be careful. And I get about eight feet away, and I say, honey, if you need me, I'll be in ladies' lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> she looks at me, have, shakes her head, keeps walking. Have, have you ever been to Lululemon? Huh? No. Don't linger no. at Lululemon. Lululemon. Yeah. The, if, if, you don't, if you're not buying something at Lululemon and you're a man, <laughs> they're, they're going to think there's something wrong with you. Okay. All right. On this radio show, we're going to take your phone calls. Dr. Weefald will give you some advice, some things to take to your doctor. Please do not do anything except under a doctor's care, the one who, you, you know, you're, you're seeing face-to-face. We're going to talk about dogs and why they're healthy and why Dr. Weefald is months ahead of the research from major universities. Woof. He said something on our radio, and it's true. Woof. This is Heart Health News Radio 680 WPTF and the Heart Health Radio Network. I just want you to know, we wouldn't ordinarily be playing any money except there's some bad news. Come on, you're aging me here. This is what I grew up with. I understand that. I'm just saying. No, I mean, it's not in our regular rotation of music. Some sad news. Well, Eddie Eddie, Eddie has announced that he's got esophageal cancer. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's stage four, which means it's spread to other organs. And um, very interesting. He was asked uh, whether he is worried about living. And he says, this is a quote, am I going to live a long time? Who knows? It's in God's hands. Yeah. But you know what? I'll take every day I can get. I think that's a wonderful thing. For someone to express, you yeah. know, faith and yeah. hope, and that's what we always have, even when the prognosis is bad. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is I want to dispel anybody from thinking that Eddie Money got this from alcohol and tobacco, yeah. which is what everybody used to think was the number one cause of esophageal cancer. What people should know, and Mike Douglas, Mike Douglas was so good in in. Michael Douglas, the actor, in yeah. coming out and saying, look, mine was from HPV. He had mouth cancer. Yeah. And human papillomavirus is a sexually transmitted disease. And we're going to give a trigger warning here. <laughs> yeah, trigger has been warned if you are worried about this. But oral sex can lead to cancer in men. Yes. By transmission of HPV. So esophageal cancer, oral cancers, the HPV virus is associated greatly uh, with these types of cancers. Now, what does this mean? Um, should boys be getting Gardasil, which is the HPV uh, mm-hmm. vaccine? And they're not yet. Yeah. And the studies are not in. But I would strongly say, and the problem is, is that you don't get esophageal cancer until late in life. Mm-hmm. So they'd have to do something in, in a study in people who are negative for HPV, say in their 30s and 40s, mm-hmm. who are sexually active and see if it prevents esophageal cancer. 
Okay. But Eddie, we wish you, if you're listening, yeah, yeah. and I doubt it, yeah. but he's one of my favorite artists. I love his music, and he's a great man. Yep. And we wish him the best and, and hope that uh, he lives a good life from here on in. Yeah. Our intern, Madeline Amato, joins us. Maddie, hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Maddie's been doing some research for us on a subject I've wanted to put on the show for a well, while. Well, it's very popular now. Extraordinarily popular. CBD. If this stuff isn't good, we're in trouble because CBD is everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I'm hearing from people who are giving this to animals. They're yes. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. The vets are big on this. Maddie, what have you learned about CBD? Does it work, and what does it work on? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? I did not hear it. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Maddie, what have you learned about CBD? Well, I've learned that they actually tested it first on animals. They used, like, lab rats, and they tested it on them. Yeah. And it's most commonly used for anxiety and pain relief. Yeah. Is this a a hemp product, doctor? It is? It is from hemp. Um, did the, how, what are the studies that show it works on humans? What are the sort of illnesses that people would take CBD? I've got a lot of patients with, you know, bone aches and back aches, and they swear by it. Um, I've seen a bunch of research on people using it for chronic pain. Yeah. And it relieves their pain. Does it, you know, it's from marijuana. Does it make you high? I mean, does it have the THC in it? It does not have THC in it, and it actually influences influences your neurotransmitters to um, make you feel more relaxed or... Great. So instead of that euphoria, it's just a relaxation. All right. Now let me ask because anytime I get somebody on the radio who's younger than my age, I have to ask this. Maddie, are your peers using this recreationally? Um, You know, I haven't seen a lot of my um, friends use this recreationally recreationally okay i think that's a that's a sign that it really isn't a drug of abuse it's a drug to help people with their aches and pains that are from real issues um it's being touted now by neuroscience no neurosurgeons um in the neurosurgery journals and i think maddie um do you think that it'll help people avoid getting on narcotics if they can get their pain relief from this i definitely think it could i mean I'm all for alternative pain medication, and a lot of study, studies show that it actually really works for people who are in pain. All right. Our That's intern, great. Maddie, thank you. Thank you once again. Oh, Maddie, one, one more co- question, though. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sorry. It's legal in North Carolina. Is it legal in all states? And I'm not quite sure if it doesn't make you high, why it would be illegal. Yeah. Um, it's not legal in all states. Um, Alabama, Georgia, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky are for um, medical use only. You have to have a prescription for CBD. Mm-hmm. But in North Carolina, you don't have to have a prescription, right? No, you do not. Yeah, apparently okay. not. You drive by this, you drive past the place that says sweepstakes on the door, and there's a <laughs> CBD location in a, a vape uh, office, of, you know, one door can down. Can you vape it? Can I, you vape CBD? Maddie, have you yes. found that out? You can? You can. Do you rub it on yourself? Vape. Do you swallow it? What do you, I don't even know anything about this. Um, you can vape it. They come in like little carts i guess and then oils like you can drop it in your mouth or Uh sprays and then they have topical rubs or balms you can also smoke hemp wow oh yeah also make cbd edibles wow gummies 
Maddie, thank you very much. Hey, this was really helpful. Thank you very much, Maddie. You had a great week in school. Good research. Thank you. I appreciate it. Madeline Amato, our intern. We need to talk about this situation with dogs because when you go ahead and say something on the radio, like on your Heart Health Minute a couple of months ago, Sometimes people say, "Nah, you know, he's he's just making something up." Or this. Well, I'd make up most of the stuff. Okay, but you did, but but you <laughs> base it on research, and then what happens? You find the research, and then two months later, it pops up on Facebook. Let's listen to a a moment from the Heart Health Minute from a couple of months ago. There's an old saying that if you want a friend, get a dog. Well, now that saying may also be expanded to if you want to be healthier, get a pet. It seems that pets can lower stress hormone levels like adrenaline and cortisol. Those people who've had heart attacks who have a pet have a lower chance of having further heart problems. That's Franklin Weefald from the Health Health. Yeah, he Minute. sounds pretty good, doesn't he? We're going to hire him. Uh, but here's the deal. There's a new study that just came out that you didn't know about two months ago, but sure. here it is. What does it say? Well, I got a lot of It's It's from the Mayo Clinic. Oh, Hold yeah. Hold the Mayo. They're very good. Well, not compared to Johns Hopkins. Well, and, and not as good as like the, I don't know, the barbecue sauce clinic yeah, like or them. the, you know, the tartar clinic. Yeah. That's the other clinic that I go to. Well, what they did was they took 1,769 people. Yeah. 42% owned a pet. Most of them were dogs. Yeah. Okay. And guess what? Yeah. They had fewer heart episodes. Now, the Mayo Clinic people did show that the people who had dogs were more exercise prone. But I don't think that's just it. I mean, I think, yeah, Mm -hmm. your dog comes up, wants to go out. You don't want to have to clean up his mess in your own house. Sure. So you're going to take him out. But they didn't look at the stress hormone levels. I would love to see another study that was done a little more scientifically Mm -hmm. and measure the stress hormone levels with and without your dog. Because I know when I go home, yeah. my dog loves me unconditionally. He's 180 pounds. You ever heard of a Newfoundland? <sighs> sure. Yeah, big black. Some of them are black and white. Some of them are brown. Yeah. They were Canadian bred water rescue dogs. So yes. this is interesting. And this is medical. Yeah. There is a human disease. Not. I'm sorry. A human um, genetic disorder. It's mm-hmm. not a disease. It's a genetic disorder called Williams syndrome. And they have kind of an elfin looking face, their okay. ears and everything, but they fall in love with strangers. And oh. this is true. Okay. Well, they bred Newfoundlands. Obviously, if you're going to jump into the cold North Atlantic to save a drowning sailor, you're going to want to love that sailor. Mm, Never okay. met him. Okay. Well, they, they did the gene for these Newfoundlands and for the Williams syndrome Williams syndrome patients have four copies of this love you gene, okay. and so do the Newfies. Yeah. And it's, so there is a genetic basis for their falling in love with strangers. And this is the problem. I'm always, always afraid to leave him because he'll walk off with somebody hey, and love them just as, well, maybe not as much, but love them too. Wow. So I think that the genetic basis for our emotions is real. And, and my dog exhibits it. Yes. He, and you know the other thing about pets? Well, they're the only things that love you unconditionally. Yes. yes I mean, that's just a wonderful thing. They just come in when I'm in the restroom, I'm in the bathroom, <laughs> and they just they come right in. What happens is if I close the door, my chihuahua comes to the door, pushes the door open, 
walks over to me, turns around, and then walks out as if to say, oh, sorry, privacy, you're right, shouldn't be in here. All right. So if you want to be heart healthy, buy a dog. Buy a dog. Get a dog. Now, they've done studies with cats. I I don't know the results, but I'm a dog person. Yeah. All right. Telephone number 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health. 919-860-9783. We've got uh, shout outs coming up. We've got a discussion on fish oil. Should we take it or not? Should the, there's a new research and we hear the new research and it changes what we think. And then we got to go back to the other thing. And we're going to ask Dr. Weefald whether new research is junk or not. Also, Lyme disease, diagnosing the president from afar and restless leg syndrome and your phone calls on News Radio 680 WPTF. Well, you know you make me wanna shout, kick my heels up and shout, throw my hands up and shout, throw my head back and shout, come on now. This is News Radio 680 WPTF and Heart Health. Dave Alexander here along with Dr. Franklin Weefald and the segment we call Shout because we shout out people who've done something good. Yeah, I got good. that term from from Twitter. Yeah, shout it out. Shout out. Yeah. But listen, you know, one of the things that I realize is that we have family. We have, we're like family. Yeah. And we haven't talked about one of the most important members of our family, of Heart Health family. J.T. Carter, our producer. Come on, the mic. Hello, hello. Hey, yeah. there you are. So today, he saved the day. Yes, he did. Microphone yes. didn't work. He knew exactly what to do. He fixed it. <laughs> J.T., how long have you been doing this? I have been doing this for 20 years now. No way. You look like you're about 14 years old. I'm 39. No way. Actually, yeah. Oh, yeah, we just celebrated National Radio Day this past Friday. Yeah. And I posted on Instagram that I've been in radio for 20 years now. That's fantastic. Yep. That's How many shows do you do? I do two shows on the weekend, two to six, on Star 92.9, the Triangle's best variety. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. Well, I'm pretty amazed. I mean, there's all sorts of flashing lights and buttons you have to yeah. push there's yeah, a lot yeah, going yeah. on definitely yeah but just everybody remember there's a and, third member of the team our right. producer exactly jt carter and thank you get off the mic because uh, yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> telephone number 919-860-9783 we got a bunch of things to get to and somebody's in the waiting room but fish oil there was a new study yeah. it's popping up on facebook is i i guess what i'm trying to say about fish oil it's really good Fish okay. oil is really good. If you have a medical condition called hypertriglyceridemia, it does lower the risk of uh, having high lipids. So what these people are saying now is they look at all the data, and it's a low probability. Now, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. It means they can't say yes, they can't say no. That yeah. doesn't mean it's bad for you. Yeah. And it, it means that according to what they can gather from the multitude of studies, that it may help you, but they can't prove it. I want to make sure you know there is a drug out. It's a prescription medicine, and some people think it's fish oil. It is icosapentoic acid. It is the active ingredient of fish oil, and it's purified to 100%. Mm -hmm. And it has now been shown to reduce risk of heart attack, stroke, and death by 35 to 40%. So if your doctor recommends Vasepa, V-A-S, C as in Charlie, E, P as in Peter, A, Vasepa, Right. Take it, okay. Because it's not just plain fish oil; it is a proven medicine. All right, Lyme disease. Where do we get Lyme disease from? This these came ticks, out. these little tiny ticks. Yeah, Borrelia burgdorferi. They're they're deer ticks, and the big thing now 
is that there's a way to diagnose whether you have chronic Lyme disease or not. That's always been the big thing. It's called a messenger RNA test. They can actually measure whether or not the Lyme is in your body producing from DNA messenger RNA to make nasty proteins that make you sick. So it's always been controversial. Is there such a thing called chronic Lyme? I believe it. Right. And if you have a skeptical physician, talk to that physician about getting this new test. All right. Mary in Holly Springs, thank you for calling us and joining us on Heart Health. Yes. Hello. Hi there. Hello. Hi. (laughs) I'm so nervous. I think I I need to make a CBD run. I mean, (laughs) Mary, you don't have to take anything to be on the radio. Absolutely. But some people have. You know, I'm just saying. Uh, so, so relax and just, you know, talk to us. What's going on? Okay. Well, um, you had someone on a few, several minutes ago. Maddie. About CBD oil. Yeah. And I'm, I've been, I, I don't use it. I may have to in the future due to possibly mm-hmm. a chronic pain situation. Yeah. But my question is. I guess my concern is traveling with CBD. Oh, I am so glad you asked that question. Yeah. Okay, because I know they will confiscate. Yeah, did you, did you hear about the little old lady at Disney World? Yes. Yeah. So she was in the joint worth. Yeah. Or two. <laughs> yeah, the joint. I like it. You put her in the joint. The because joint. Of CBD, yeah, I don't know yeah. if you know this, but the slang for a marijuana cigarette is a joint. Married us. Oh, but oh, the oh, joint is also the pokey. Oh. <laughs> what, can you think of anything else to call it? Jail cell, the pokey. The Brits call it the nick. The slammer. Yeah, they slam the door on you. Well, so you're very right. So if you are going, yeah, if you're going to travel. And this is something I asked Maddie where it was illegal. Yeah. And she lists Indiana as the only state that I can remember that she said. But it is apparently illegal in Florida. And yeah. so this little old lady, sweet thing, yeah. who was getting relief from CBD oil, and she brought it with her from North Carolina, and she mm-hmm. had it in her purse. And apparently they opened up her purse to investigate whether she was packing a gun. Instead, yeah. she was packing CBD oil. And they arrested her on the spot. Yes. She spent 12 days in the slammer. Oh, no. yeah. oh it was that long. Oh, no. my God. Well, listen, oh if God. you are going to try CBD oil, like we always say, talk to your physician first. Amen. Yep. Mary, well, thank did. you. Yeah, God no, bless. Do you have more? Mm-hmm. Go ahead and ask. Oh, well, yes. And um, if you're traveling with it, let's say, within the state of North Carolina. Right. And for some reason, I would not have a reason, but for some reason, they need to look in your purse or car. Yeah. They, might, st- yeah, they might have it with you. Yeah, it's okay in North Carolina. They might you steal can- it. Yeah, the cop might steal it because he needs it. <laughs> but you're okay. Mary, okay. thank you. All right. Rick in Raleigh, thank you for calling. What's going on, Rick? Oh, sorry to be a pain. I just wanted to ask you to repeat the name of that fish oil that you talked about. Okay, what is the fish oil that... Oh, I'm sorry. medicine yeah. that's derived from fish so oil. So it's called icosapentoic acid. That's hard to remember, but it's called vasipa. V-A-S-C as in Charlie, E-P as in Peter, A, vasipa. Now, you have to take two of these horse pills, and they're big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two horse pills twice a day. Now, I take it. Yeah. 
And um, the way they think it works is by reducing inflammation. It's been sort of a common theme for our shows. Inflammation is just terrible. So what they did was they found people who were heart disease patients who had a normal, I mean, excuse me, had a cholesterol at the target the doctors wanted. The LDL was 70. And they gave half fake horse pills. Mm -hmm. And they gave half the horse pills with Vasepa. And the people who took the Vasepa had a much lower risk of having a heart attack, stroke, or death. Now, and that's in people who were already at the target of cholesterol on a statin medication. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend you talk to your doctor about taking this medicine. It is, it's the only, the only problem is it's still high dollar, as they say in Smithfield. So it's covered by some Medicare D plans. It's not covered by others. But I think it's, did you have any other questions about it? Hang on. Yes, Rick? One more time? Yeah, go ahead. Vesipa. Vesipa. Is, uh, yeah? Is he there? Yeah, he's there. All right. Rick, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's Vesipa. Right. We have less than a minute in the show. We don't have enough There's time so to deal with it. There's so much we can talk about in one minute. No, we I can't. I want to talk about Trump, okay? Real quick. We don't have enough time. We yeah, have we 15 do. seconds. So you've Go. heard on the newspapers and heard on the radio and heard on the TV that Trump, the psychiatrists have said Trump is crazy. Is it okay to diagnose no. from afar? Just like we don't do it on the air. It is, it is unethical for any physician to make a diagnosis on a patient publicly that he has not or she has not examined. So don't allow this to affect you. Now, you may form your own opinions, but don't listen to us. They, that's politically motivated. Next weekend. Four o'clock Saturday, News Radio 680 WPTF. The proceeding was meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on what was just discussed, consult your medical doctor.